The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross, we're about to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, May 19th, currently 2.09 on the East Coast. Here to talk about some rookie wide receiver player props. Some early totals have dropped, so we're here to discuss them. Like I said, we're going to be here throughout the offseason, breaking down awards markets, some total yardage props and things like that. And today we're going to do the wide receiver uh, receiving prop totals and joining me to break it down. We've got a full house of gentlemen here to join me first. My main man, both on the West coast. First, it's Dan Titus. Dan, how you doing, my man? What's good, brother. It's uh, good to be back on the prop cast. We were talking about it before the show is like how much stuff is actually going on right now. I know you're, yeah. you're an MLB in the thick of it. We got the NBA playoffs with the gambling podcast is popping. Um, and, and Rod, the, the other guy that's on here, I know he's Mr. USFL right now in NASCAR. So man, we're, it's funny that we have to fit in, you know, NFL conversation in the midst of this, but uh, there's some juicy props that we got to talk about. So um happy to be back on the prop cast as always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 May only, but you know, we, we talk about how it's busy times. We're some, we always say this on every pod podcast. I say when I'm talking to Rod or you and all of us, it's like football right now. It's it's not really on the radar, but it kind of is because we're worrying about other sports that are going on right now with like NBA playoffs, NHL, USFL now, and and we got uh, Kentucky derbies and Preakness this weekend. But it, it's it's been crazy. Uh, but also joining us, like Dan mentioned. Also on the West Coast, my main man, Rod Gomez. Rod, how you doing, brother? Yeah, you know, it's funny that NFL is king, yes, but not for us. Like, we have all, I mean, we're DGENs to the core. Every single thing that that is shiny pops up, and w- if we could bet on it, we want to give advice about it. So, yeah, I mean, here we are talking about the NFL, but there's like 19 other burners going right now. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this last time too. That there's if there's odds on it, you know, SGPN is covering it. But um, like I mentioned, we'll, we'll talk about some uh, NFL wide receivers, uh, rookie wide receivers today on this prop gas. We'll talk about their um, yardage total. Some of the books have dropped. We'll discuss you know depth charts. We'll talk about um, what we obviously like on their yardage total. We'll talk about. Um, touchdowns maybe we'll get into that but i think focus will be on yardage but um guys we saw some early wide receivers taken i think that's kind of the expectation now with how the league is it's a passing league now right you have your quarterbacks you need your wide receivers um some fascinating guys i guess we can say that have been taken in the first round but dan let me start with you man i know we saw i think drake london was i think was the first one off the uh off the draft board for atlanta there but um, any surprise on where maybe some of these guys went or do you kind of see, or did you see that it kind of played out how you thought it would? No, I think there was definitely some surprise there. Um, I was heavy on Drake London being uh, a top 10 pick and to see him go to the Falcons. I think that that was an ideal landing spot for him. Um, I think the, the surprise for me was Jahan Dotson uh, out of Penn state to the commanders. Uh, I think that they definitely could have, um, they could have selected a lave, you know, they, they had a couple other options there. I think that that was a bit of a leap. That was probably the surprise of the draft for me. Yeah. I think another good landing spot was Jameson Williams, him going to the Detroit lions. They don't really have a quarterback, but good thing is, you know, if they're bad in 2022, 2023 has a pretty good QB class. So if Jared Goff, isn't the guy, which we all know that he's not, mm-hmm. um, there could be a nice little prospects for their, their future, um, with him and Amon St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. So, um, uh, some other guys that I like, you know, Sky Moore, I think is is really interesting because he lands in probably one of the best destinations to, to, to play with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. They didn't really address their wide receiver room that much. So I think there's a lot of upside there with Tyreek Hill now out of there um, trying to figure out who's going to take some of those targets 
And I think Sky Moore is probably, um, he's probably looking like a pretty good fantasy pick just because of the opportunity and, and also uh, somebody you may want to target for these early, early season props as well. Yeah, Jameson Williams went 12th overall. I was hoping that he would fall a pick right after to the Texans because they did need a wide receiver, but they did pick up the other wide receiver from Alabama, John Mechie, uh, later in the draft. But um, Rod, same question to you, man. Any surprises there in the draft, or did you kind of see it uh, play out uh, how you thought it would? I think everybody had a feeling of what was going to happen. So I feel like it played out well. But I, I just boy, Dan was talking about intriguing landing spots. Uh, Christian Watson. Uh, landing into into Green Bay, where now Devontae Adams is gone, and you look at that receiver room, and and it's basically just a a pick'em of who do you think is going to to perform. So I think he's got an uh, he's got a great opportunity with Aaron Rodgers to to be. Let's not go too far and say Jamar Chase esque, but at the very least, maybe uh, put himself apart as a rookie receiver with a great quarterback that has the opportunity to maybe overperform uh, exactly what we, we think we can get out of him. Uh, obviously an, an F, uh, FBS guy, mm. not, not even an FCS guy, but you know, again, we've seen Aaron Rodgers elevate quarterbacks or running backs around him or running backs receivers, receivers around him. Yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm in horse race mode right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Elevate uh, receivers around him and, I think Christian Watson has an outstanding opportunity to have that happen to him as well. Yeah, I know. I mean, like over the last two seasons, we've seen uh, going back to the 2020 year where Justin Jefferson um, had over 1400 yards and then um, Jamar Chase kind of came back this last year and, and uh, surpassed Justin Jefferson. Do you guys anticipate, or do you guys see a, that type of wide receiver that is in a situation where he could, or, having a 1400 yard passing yard or sorry, receiving yard season, like those two guys did Dan, any of one of any of these guys that we may discuss uh, today that kind of stands out to that has that potential. Not really. I think that 1400 is going to be tough to, to amass. I, I think we, we were lucky to see Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase come out and be so effective in their respective offenses. And I think the thing that's hurting most of the guys that came in outside of Christian Watson and, and sky Moore is that, who is, the, who is the quarterback that's really going to be executing the chance of getting 1,400 yards? And I don't have a lot of faith in a lot of the quarterbacks that are there. Um, and we'll, we'll get into this, the seven guys we're going to talk about. But um, 1,400 was just, you know, that's like Randy Moss stuff. Like, that's very rare. Um, and you could see, by the way, that the books are addressing it right now. You know, the highest on the board, I think, right now is, is Traylon Burks at 825 or 869 or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um I think the books are already pricing in. There's not going to be too many people that are going to be, you know, around that a thousand, even a thousand yard uh, territory. Yeah. I felt the same way when I was looking at the numbers as well. And even during the draft, I didn't feel like there was a guy like, you know, maybe Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson in this draft at least, but uh, Rod, anybody that kind of stuck out to you or maybe from a fantasy perspective that you may think could have a thousand yard season with five, six, seven touchdowns. I don't see any thousand yard receivers on this list. I, I think I agree with the books in that most of them are probably going to end up being, um, you know, capped at maybe 900 yards at most. I would think Christian Watson stands maybe the best chance. Uh, I, I know that uh, Patrick Mahomes loves him some, some receivers, but I don't even know that Sky Moore could go, go off for a thousand yards this season because he's, you know, Tyreek Hill is probably the only one. And then Travis Kelsey maybe sees the best bump out of everybody on this as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, Christian, Christian Watson's probably the only one. I know Traylon Burks, and we'll talk about his number in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, in that offense now, with the Tennessee offense, I, I don't see them going pass heavy now. I think right. with the changes they've made, they're going to probably lean on that running game even more. And, I mean, Henry probably won't get as many carries now as he would before, but I just think this may be a running team more than it is a passing team going forward. Yeah, I agree with a lot of points that you guys just made. So let's do this, guys. Let's take uh, one quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll actually dive into the uh, yardage totals uh, for these wide receivers. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's $50 Win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, a WinBet casino is offering 100 deposit bonus up to $1,000. 
and also win a golf trip to win in Las Vegas for the PGA Championship if you bet $100 or more on golf this week and be entered to win a golf trip to win Las Vegas for a golf trip. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over or under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like, pick over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies contest and we can play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can play and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download now on their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile device, join our listeners group as well on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your deposit, your first deposit up to $100. That's right, join our squad and get 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP by using promo code SGPNBA. So go to sleeper.com slash SGPNBA to get your first match up to $100 for your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, coming off of the break here, let's dive into some of these uh, player prop yardage totals for these wide rookie wide receivers. I'll start it off with the first one here on the board. We have Chris Olave uh, from the New Orleans Saints who got uh, drafted for, uh, to the New Orleans Saints. His number... Uh, sorry, he was drafted 11th overall out of Ohio State. Uh, uh, his last season there, uh, senior year, he had 65 re- uh, receptions, 936 receiving yards, finished the season also with 13 touchdowns. Uh, now comes over to a Saints team that we should be seeing them getting Michael Thomas back. They also recently just signed Jarvis Landry. It seems like Chris Olave is probably going to be that third wide receiver. They also still have Marcus uh, Callaway and Traquan Smith on this team currently seeing his number right now for Chris Olave. Um, the over under set at 719 and a half, uh, receiving yards. Rod, let me start with you on this one. Uh, what do you think about Chris Olave's yardage total here and how he's going to fit in with this new Orleans saints, uh, receiving core. I think it's uh, properly. Well, it's funny, though, because the the juice is is higher on the over. Uh, They they Mm -hmm. actually think that Jameis Winston is going to be the kind of quarterback that can sustain a Michael Thomas, a Jarvis Landry and a Chris Olave. I mean, look, for me, I I don't know that any of these receivers are going to be threats. Huge. I mean, Thomas is going to get his. Landry's always just been a peripheral guy. But I mean, as a wide receiver, too, in this offense, you're going to see a drop off. And then as Chris Olave at best can expect to be wide receiver three. So I'm grabbing this under uh, at at minus one Oh five. And, and that to me, I don't know why they would think that the over would be a a better or or more um, in this, but yeah, give me the under at at seven nineteen. He probably comes in close to that number. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it's going to be far under that number, but I would say that, you know, 700, is probably where his his ceilings at in this offense. It's going to be interesting to me to see how Dennis Allen in this offense kind of responds here uh, with now Sean Payne obviously not being there. What kind of offense he is going to run because he is a defense defensive minded head coach, right? So I think that's going to be interesting to see how he kind of plays out here for the uh, New Orleans Saints and their offense. But again, getting Michael Thomas back. I'm not sure if he's going to be on the move come trade deadline, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Dan, what's your handicap for Chris Olave here in the New Orleans Saints offense? Yeah, this is an interesting one for me, and um, I don't have a direct bet that I'm actually laying right now, but I lean to the over only because I'm 
I'm intrigued by Jameis Winston because we haven't seen James. He's been in on, on the Saints for two seasons now, and you know had, didn't really do much because they're still playing this quarterback carousel game with with Taysom Hill, which was a disaster. Um, and now I feel like you're at a point where what is this offense going to look like without Sean Payton? We don't really know. Um, but I don't know that I believe that Michael Thomas is good. And Dennis Allen has been talking about it in the, in the press saying like, Oh, he'll be ready for training camp. It's not a big deal. He had a pretty significant ankle surgery and, um, reports of last year. I have him on dynasty teams, never drafted him in redraft just because he too volatile. But I mean, he, he sounds like there's some sketchiness going on here. It's almost like some Zion Williams and stuff in basketball terms where like, I don't know really what your injury is. All I know is that you're not playing and you haven't played in a while and we haven't seen you. And for them to go get Jarvis Landry, the contract wasn't that, wasn't that big, not that significant of an investment, but um, Jameis Winston gets the ball out quickly. He's turnover prone, but the last time he played for the Bucks, he threw for over 5,000 yards. Chris Godwin went for 1300 and Mike Evans went for 1150. The next person after that was Brashad Perryman at 645, who really came on at the end of the season. Um, if Michael Thomas misses time, I would be all over the Alave over only because Jameis Winston loves to chuck the ball and he's only going to have Jarvis Landry to do it with, who is like more of a, a uh, PPR, you know, pass catching guy, not a huge yak guy. Whereas Chris Alave, we saw make some explosive plays. He had six, he went over a hundred yards in six out of eight games last season mm-hmm. for, for Ohio state. Yeah. That's college football, but, I'm not really too concerned actually about this division. The Carolina Panthers aren't going to be good. The, the, um, yeah, the Falcons, we know how they're, they're not going to be good. And Tampa Bay, I don't know. They lost a lot of people, so they'll probably control the division, but you still get at least six games of production there. So I don't love the over right now. It's my leanest to the over and it's really contingent on whether Michael Thomas is actually healthy or not. If he's not, I agree with Rod. He's wide receiver three, take the under. Yeah, I think it's going to be a wait-and-see approach with what kind of happens with Michael Thomas. And, you know, I mean, kind of going back, does he even want to be there or not? I think that's another question for me as well yeah. uh, for Michael Thomas uh, in the Saints offense. All right, let's get over to the next guy on this list, guys. We have um, Christian Watson, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, he currently is was, sorry, the 34th overall pick to the Green Bay Packers. Currently, his number is set at seven. 705 and a half receiving yards with juice towards the under here. Obviously the big news out of Green Bay, the trade with Devontae Adams headed to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And really um, they needed to go out and draft a wide receiver or possibly even go out and sign another one here uh, for these, uh, for this offense with Aaron Rodgers. And I quickly want to touch on the Devontae Adams and, and I think how big of a hole that he might leave here. Um, and the yardage, I guess that is kind of up for grabs um, on these on this wide receiving group. He accounted for, I think, over the last two seasons, I think back in 2020 is uh, what I looked at. He accounted for 31 percent of the uh, passing yards from Aaron Rodgers last season. That took a leap up to 37 percent for Aaron Rodgers. And we know Aaron Rodgers, a 4000 uh, passing yards type of quarterback. Like I think that's almost automatic for him when he plays a full healthy season. Um, now they bring in Christian Watson in the uh, draft. They still have, uh, I think they signed Sammy Watkins as well on this team. Um, but Dan, let me start with you on this. Uh, let's start with Christian Watson. If you want to mention anything about, you know, Devonte Adams here, we can go take care of the conversation from there, but uh, 705 and a half receiving yards here for Christian Watson. Yeah, I, it was more so to the last point that you made about the sign of Sammy Watkins. I don't think that that can go unnoticed and it's not like Sammy Watkins is great by any means. And he's certainly injury prone, but he's a veteran and we know that Aaron Rodgers does not trust rookies like that. And it's taken Alan Lazard quite a bit of time to actually earn his trust. And I think, that's probably one of the reasons why they were okay with letting Devontae go Devonte be traded to, to uh, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, but Randall Cobb's still there. And I think that there's gonna, definitely going to still be some ramp up for Christian Watson. I, I lean the under here and it's not a bet that I'm, I'm too crazy about, but much to what you were talking about and how much Devonte Adams really accounted for, you know, 30, 31% of the yardage for Aaron Rodgers. He yeah. also accounted for almost 30% of the, of the targets. Right. So there's going to be, some targets to go round. I just don't know that I would trust um, 705 yards out of a rookie when Aaron Rodgers really spreads the ball. I mean, the second highest target share 
of the the Packers last year went to Aaron Jones. So yeah. he's not even throwing to his wide receivers anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just lean the under there just because I don't know what Christian Watson's role is going to be and if he's going to make an immediate impact as a rookie with other veterans there that have been there, such as Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones, um, and Randall Cobb, who's, who's like his guy. I know we talk a lot about with, with Aaron Rodgers being, you know, a great passer. Obviously he is. Do we see that this team may go a little bit more run heavy uh, this season with Aaron Jones and possibly uh, their backup there? Uh, Dan, what do you think about that? I think it's fair. Um, This division isn't very good. So I think that there's going to be some blowout potential for quite a few of the games that the Packers have in this division. The Chicago's awful. Detroit's getting better, but they're still not on their level. And the Minnesota Vikings have a new head coach, and like, I mean, they made some adjustments on defense, you know, drafting, drafting a couple of good players, but I still don't have a lot of faith in them to compete for the division. So, you know, you got eight games right there. Yeah. Eight games right there that, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers may not have to pass that much. Yeah. You're going to lean on your young dogs. You paid Aaron, Aaron Jones already, but you got to see what you have in AJ Dillon. You did spend a lot of high draft capital for him and he proved out to be a very good running back. So yeah, I, I think that they they certainly, certainly could uh, have a run heavy approach and not be as reliant on him in the past game. Rod, you know, that's the crazy thing about it. The upside is there, obviously being on the field with Aaron Rodgers. So at plus money, seven Oh five looks tempting, but, uh, and he does, I think still have the best opportunity to be, uh, that kind of receiver and to go over seven Oh five. But I mean, I'm kind of with Dan on this. You got to lean toward the, the under on this just because of the fact that yes, the potential is there and, and the fact that he could very well break out, but even with Trey Lance in that 2019 season uh, at uh, North Dakota state, he only caught 732 yards, six touchdowns, 34 receptions. So his best season uh, was 2021 with 801 yards. So he's never been an explosive kind of receiver in his entire career. And so now you put him on a roster with, you know, Sammy Watkins. Now look, granted, this could go completely the other way and and Alan Lazard could still remain obscure. Uh, you know, the ghost of Sammy Watkins could get hurt and 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 Randall Cobb uh in his seniority may be ineffective, which leaves only Christian Watson to catch every pass from Aaron Rodgers, which is the path that I would see for him to hit over 705. But in all likelihood, this could just like you guys talked about, be uh, a running team, a rebuilding year for the Packers, as it were. Uh, Poor Aaron Rodgers signed a gazillion dollar contract, leaving nothing left for anybody on that table. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could be tough for Watson to get the over on this. Um, but it would not shock me if he did, but I, I still think the under is where the good bet lays. And again, I think that there's still the door open where they could still sign one of these guys, veteran guys that are still looking for a team, right? Guys like OBJ guys like Julio Jones. I think that possibly is still out there. It's not very likely that they do because it is the Packers. They don't, don't make those kind of moves, but I think the possibility is still there um, for, uh, for the green Bay Packers. All right, let's move on to the next guy on the list here. It's going to be the first quarter, sorry, the first wide receiver that was taken off of the draft board. That's Drake London out of USC, uh, his senior year. I'm sorry, his junior year, his last season at USC, he had 88 receptions, uh, 1,084 receiving yards, seven touchdowns uh, for the Trojans. He was drafted eighth overall to the Atlanta Falcons. Big moves this season for uh, for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, we heard about the news with Calvin Ridley. Uh, again, with the trade with Matt Ryan headed over to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they did uh, recently just trade for Brian Edwards from the Las Vegas Raiders. So they're kind of bringing some more depth. But right now, it's looking like from the depth chart, it's going to be Brian Edwards, Auden Tate, and Drake London. Obviously, you also have Kyle Pitts that they probably use more of a, in a hybrid role of a wide receiver and a tight end there for the Atlanta Falcons. But it seems like it's going to be Marcus Mariota that's going to be the uh, starting quarterback for the uh, Atlanta Falcons here. I'm currently seeing the number posted for Drake London at 764 and a half receiving yards. Rod, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, What are you thinking about Drake London here for his uh, uh, receiving yardage here? Good luck getting 700 yards for Marcus Mariota. (laughs) 
really, if we're being honest, this it's just a tough thing because Mariota, even in his best year uh, at Tennessee, had 3,426 yards. Uh, that was his second year with the team. So and and he had, you know, big, big time guys there as well. So now he goes to a situation where he's got pretty much nobody. The The Falcons are in ruins. Pitts is, is probably your best pass catcher still by far. He'll get a thousand yards. But then I think you're going to see a thousand yards out of Pitts. And then basically everybody else is just going to get sprinkled somewhere in the 500 to, to 600 range. And, you know, as a rookie, this is probably the worst landing spot for the best receiver that they took in the draft because he's not going to get, I don't think he's going to get the kind of play that he needs to get to, to hit that mark. And it's sad when you're, we're talking about the first receiver taken in the draft, barely getting over 700 yards in his first year. But, um, yeah, this landing spot was probably the worst that he, that he could have hoped for in the situation that they're in right now. Unless, of course, Mariota comes out, slings the ball all over the place. But the fact that he can take off and run, uh, they, they, you know, that's well documented that he likes to run the ball as well and, and, and scrambles. So, yeah, I mean, the Falcons are the Falcons right now. And, and unfortunately, I don't know that any of their receivers are going to get uh, too much play other than, than Kyle Pitts, who is not even a receiver. So, yeah, I mean, give me the under on this one, unfortunately, for, for London. Uh, Dan, Drake, London for the Falcons here. Yeah, we're a pretty depressing podcast right now. It's a, it's a whole <laughs> bunch of unders. Um, I'm, I'm under on this as well. I think Rod laid it out perfectly. Marcus Mariota just doesn't have the profile of a gunslinger, uh, someone that can support multiple 1,000-yard receivers. We saw Kyle Pitts be you know, get a thousand yards last year. Um, great, great rookie season for him. Didn't really score that many touchdowns, but I think he's going to be the one a alpha in this, in this offense. Um, Cordero Patterson also is a guy that's going to be annoying throughout the season because he plays that hybrid, you know, Debo role of, of running back and wide receiver. And, uh, Omalade Zacchaeus is still there too, who also had some uh, soaked up some targets last year. Now Russell Gage is out of there, um, and obviously Calvin Ridley is not going to be playing. But to expect Drake London to jump in here for 750 yards in year one with so much uncertainty at quarterback, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Desmond Ritter midseason. I mean, I don't, we don't even know if Desmond Ritter is a true NFL quarterback. You know, yeah. like his profile. You know, he he didn't go in the first he didn't go in the first two rounds, so we don't even know if we're, they're getting the QB of the future here. So they could be playing um, a really bad game of of QB carousel here, and uh, having so so much volatility in the quarterback position. Even if Mariota's great and Desmond Ritter does his thing, I don't see that supporting 750 yards for Drake London. I wouldn't be surprised if they started running the ball a lot more, get more balance in their offense, um, and just try not to lose as bad as they did last year. Yeah, I think Rod said it the best is that you no know, Mariota quarterback. I mean, he's not going to get the passing yardage, right? Like we've seen it throughout his career with the most where Rod said he's had about what a little over 3000 yards in his career. So, um, and again, like you mentioned also, Dan, that we might see the carousel about, you know, Mariota maybe start the first six, seven, or maybe half of the season. And then if they think that Desmond Ritter is ready, then they can, you know, bring him in and the second half of the year and just see what they've kind of got from him. And, you know, we kind of laid it out that, that balance is what this Atlanta Falcons team need to really get back to because when they had Matt Ryan there, it was a lot of throwing, a lot of playing from behind and having that balanced offense, you know, really keeps a defense on it. So I think that's, you know, something that, um, that I think that Falcons are going to have to uh, focus on this season. But again, at the, at the win total that they do have right now, we're expecting this Falcons team will probably have a top three pick uh, or top five pick coming into the draft next season. But Dan, I want to go back to what you said about the unders. Hey, last season when we did, the um uh, the season long player props uh i went 13 and 0 on unders you went 8 and 3 so combined 21 and 3 on unders it's really where it's at so you know yeah. uh, if, we're, if we're talking about unders hey i'm all for it man especially with the results that we did have last season obviously we're going to do that again this year with our season long uh prop bets yeah. um let's get the conversation uh going here guys uh let's go over to the next guy on the list here and that's going to be uh garrett wilson also another wide receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, let me quickly pull up his numbers here from last season for the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. He finished the season, uh, let's see here, junior year, 70 receptions. He also had a 1,000 uh, uh, receiving yard season at exactly 1,058 yards for the Buckeyes. He did finish up with 12 touchdowns in that uh, season season. 
Uh, he did end up going to the New York Jets. Uh, where I think this is going to be interesting, guys, because you kind of take a look at the depth chart here, uh, at, especially at the wide receiver position for the New York Jets. And, I'm, and they have some guys there. And I think there's a lot of conversation. I think, Rod, you can also expand on, on this as from a maybe from a fantasy perspective. But we're kind of looking at Elijah Moore. Uh, in that wide receiving group, Corey Davis is still there. Denzel Mims, I think, had a you know a lot of um, hype maybe last season as being a guy that can have a breakout year. They also have Braxton Berrios on this uh, wide receiving group here as well. Currently, what I'm seeing listed uh, for Garrett Wilson's receiving yards for this upcoming season in his rookie year is going to be 749 and a half for the New York Jets. Second year uh, quarterback, Zach Wilson for the Jets here at a BYU. Dan, let me start with you on this one. 749 and a half seems a little hair high to me as well on this. I'm, I'm leaning towards the under, but can you talk me out of that one? Nope. Can't talk you out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you laid it out uh, pretty well. And I think it's really just, there's too many mouths to feed in the Jets passing game this year. Elijah Moore comes back for year two. He had a, Really nice rapport with with Zach Wilson, but then you also have Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios. I don't even know what's up with Denzel Mims. Um, he really hasn't been uh, working out too well there. But even so, you know, when you spend your draft capital to to draft Brees Hall, who's probably going to be their third down, their three down back, yeah. uh, Michael Carter, I think, might absorb some of those target shares as well because he played majority. Um, kind of in that receiving role for North Carolina when he was in college. So um, I think he goes into a little bit of a natural fit there. Also catching passes. There's just, I just don't see where there's going to be that much room for him to get 750 receiving yards. Um, but on Garrett Wilson, there is a bit of promise and optimism here. Um, I'm actually interested in his touchdowns prop. That's currently sitting at three and a half, given right. how successful he was at finding pay dirt in college. And in the last 23 games, he scored 19 touchdowns. So um, and that's across his sophomore and junior season. So um, I, I think the Jets offense is definitely going to be better. I think they had one of the better drafts in the NFL this year. I think we're going to see them score more. They, they did address their offensive line. So Zach Wilson should have a little bit more time to throw the ball. Uh, three and a half touchdowns actually seems uh, like a good number that I want to back the over on. Because um, I think he, he will be their red zone um, and touchdown threat if, if they get down there. Rod, uh, Garrett Wilson here. Dan's killing the brand by taking it over. Um, look, at <laughs> last, last season, the leading receiver for the Jets was Elijah Moore. He had 538 receiving yards. Now, again, Dan did allude to the fact that, yes, the Jets are probably going to be a little better this season. But when you have Corey Davis with 492, Keenan, uh, Keelan Cole with 449, Jamison Crowd with 440, I mean, this is a, a team that spreads the ball around. And so for any one receiver, especially a rookie receiver, to have 700 yards, I mean, when you're a leading receiver last year, you didn't even get 600 yards. How are you going to expect a rookie to come in in this offense, uh, even in a, a Zach Wilson's second year, to get 700 yards? I mean, there's just no, no possible way. I don't see a path at all to a 700-yard uh, receiving year for uh, Garrett Wilson. Does he have the talent to do so? Absolutely. Uh, could he be on a team that would give him an opportunity to do it? More than likely. Is the Jets that team? No. <laughs> so you're going to have to take the under on this one. Yeah, I agree with like all, all the points you guys made there is that, it, especially what you just said, Rod, about the, the guy that had the most receiving yards on this Jets team is was only around 600 something. And now you're expecting a guy like Garrett Wilson to come in and get over 700, uh, 750 receiving yards. But I just don't see it happen because there's going to be some other guys in this you know, on this wide receiving group that are going to have a breakout year. And I just don't think that it's going to be Garrett Wilson. Again, like you guys talked about, it's going to be Zach Wilson's second year. He's going to trust those guys that he's kind of built that rapport with last season, where he's going to trust to throw the ball more to those guys versus having to come, come have a rookie coming in um, where he doesn't have any chemistry yet with, again, you do work on that during the off season, but when you have guys like, you know, we just discussed, I think this is a solid under, and I'm not a Zach Wilson guy. Um, I think the potential is there for sure. Like you said, Rod, with both of these guys, the Wilson connection, but I just don't think it's going to be the first year here, especially for Garrett Wilson. Um, but you guys have anything else for Garrett Wilson here, uh, Rod? I mean, look, I would say full fade the Jets in fantasy anyways. Uh, but, you know, there's some intriguing plays that will break down. Uh, listen to the Fantasy Football Pod when we break down the uh, AFC 
uh, East or, or whatever they're in. I don't know. Yeah, AFC. Whatever. You're right, AFC. <laughs> I'm like, yes, they're somewhere <laughs> in the AFC. When we break them down, uh, we'll, we'll give some good uh, insight on the Jets. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at unders for, for receiving totals, then yeah, I think 750 is just... Where'd they get that number? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Dan, anything else for Garrett Wilson? No, totally agree with both of you. All right, let's do this. Let's take another quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll get to the last three guys on our list here uh, for these rookie wide receiver receiving props. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're also brought to you by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISV, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish online on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com and use promotional code SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code set promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right, coming off of the break here, let's get into the next guy on the list. We have Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Uh, his senior year over at Penn State, he finished the season up 91 receptions with 1,182 receiving yards. Also had 12 touchdowns for Penn State in his senior year there. He gets drafted 16th overall to play with Dan's best friend, Carson Wentz, over with the Washington Commanders. Um I think that this is, I think we could probably agree with this and we'll, we'll kind of go around the horn here, but probably the reach uh, of the draft here, maybe uh, as far as wide receivers here, but currently uh, I'll give out his total here is at 709 and a half receiving yards over with the commanders. Uh, you have Curtis Daniels going to be back. I think he had an injury uh, last season. Um, and then you also had uh, scary Terry over there as well. Who's absolutely been fantastic. And guys like, Cam, uh, Cam Sims, uh, Deami Brown as well on this commander's wide receiving group. But um, Dan, let me start with you on Jahan Dotson here with uh, the Washington commanders and your good old buddy, Carson Wentz. Oh man, this is the smash under of the, of the day here. <laughs> Love it. Um, now the positive for Dodson, he posted a top six career dominator rating in the 22 draft class. That's per PFF. But this landing spot is just a huge question mark for me. As you alluded to, Carson Wentz on, is under center. Michael Pittman was the only receiver to get more than 384 receiving yards last season. Wow. So going back <laughs> to the 2016-2018 season with the Eagles, that's the last time you can find two wide receivers that supported more than nine north of 700 yards. So 
you're playing with Carson Wentz, a guy that only averaged 209 passing yards per game last year. That ranks 27th in the NFL behind my boy, Jalen Hart, Jalen Hurts. So, you know, as you alluded to again, there's actually still some competent wide receivers for the commanders. Diami Brown, Curtis Samuel makes his return. I think he really wasn't utilized at all last year. And then you still yeah. have their wide receiver one in Terry McLaurin. Yep. I don't see where you're going to get Jahan Dotson, the reach of the draft from Penn state who's dropped quite a few balls. And um, I don't know. I just don't trust Carson Wentz to throw the ball a lot. If he does, it's going to primarily go to the guys that are more veteran status. Um, reports are good for Dotson so far from what I've seen out of rookie camps, but I'm not enough that I'm confident he's going to get over 709 receiving yards in his rookie season smash under. I think that if we just said that the quarterback is going to be Carson Wentz, I think that's the only <laughs> handicap that we probably have to give here, but uh, Rod Jahan Dotson here, my man. I mean, dance that took my stat right at it. I mean, literally I would, I would take this under at like 500 yards. So like whatever they offered, even up to 500 yards, I would take that under because Carson Wentz cannot support two receivers that are good. And you got Terry McLaurin over there. That's a thousand yard receiver in and of his own, right? You've still got Antonio Gibson who look, I, I know he's not Jonathan Taylor, but he's still a damn good running back that when Carson Wentz has a good running back behind him, he doesn't need to throw the ball as many times. 3,500 yards last season with Taylor. And, and again, a thousand of that went to Pittman. And then you just got 384 yards and, and a smattering of other stuff going on. So I'm not seeing a, 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 a even a, a remote possibility that Totson's going to get anywhere near 700 yards. So yeah, uh, give me the under all damn day. They still have J.D. McKissick there in that backfield as well, yeah, right? So Yeah, I was just going to say that. They just re-signed J.D. McKissick, too, and they drafted Brian Robinson, which I wouldn't be surprised if Ron Rivera was like, I don't trust Carson Wentz either. Let's run the ball more yeah, um, or, or just do short dump-offs or something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just don't trust it at all. Yeah, we even mentioned, like Rod just said, Logan Thomas at uh, the tight end position as well. So, yeah, this is looking like a a, uh, a uh, definite, definite under and smash spot here. Maybe best bet quality here for uh, Jahan Dotson to go under uh, his uh, projected number here of 709 and a half receiving yards for the Washington Commanders led by Carson Wentz. All right, guys, two more guys on the list here. Let's get to the uh, next guy, Sky Moore. Um for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, he, I'm quickly trying to pull up his stats here, out of Western Michigan, his last season uh, was a pretty good one for him. 95 receiving, uh, sorry, 95 receptions with 1,292 uh, receiving yards. He also had 10 touchdowns there for uh, Western Michigan. Now he goes oh, gets to play with the best quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the big story here, like the Green Bay Packers, they do lose Tyreek Hill uh, over to the Miami Dolphins. So, but they did bring up uh, pick up Juju Smith. They also do have um, who's the other guy that they picked up uh, at their wide receiving group here. Let me quickly pull up their depth chart here. Uh, give me one second. Yes, so they got Marquez Val. Uh, yeah, there it is. MVS. You're right. There you go. Um, so it's, it's going to be MVS. It's going to be Miko Hardman, Juju. And now you add Sky Moore here to the uh, wide receiving group for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Currently, his number is sitting at uh, 680 and a half receiving yards for his rookie season with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Dan, let me start with you on Sky Moore here, my man. Guy Moore, um, man, I, I, I lean over here only because I just don't trust that Juju can stay healthy and that MVS is actually going to work out with Patrick Mahomes. If you didn't work out with Aaron Rodgers, how are you going to work out with Patrick Mahomes? Um, uh, I really don't like this over, so that's why I'm not betting it, but my lean is still over at 649. Like, I feel like there isn't enough in the receiving room that I've seen that he can emerge as one of the best wide receivers with Patrick Mahomes, because Miko Hardman is another guy that like, I don't totally trust because he's usually that guy that, you know, he's like the third progression in the, in the offense always. Like he's not a guy that you're going to target heavily at each game. And I don't know that any of the people that are currently there other than maybe Juju is mm -hmm. going to warrant more than maybe 10 target, you know, eight to nine targets a game. So yeah. I think Sky Moore actually jumps in here pretty good. Handpicked by Andy Reid. Um, 
I like his prospects here. I think he's going to probably flourish. Um, he's one of the guys I've been targeting in dynasty leagues um, just before the mere opportunity of the fact that there's no alpha truly established in, in, in Kansas city. But yeah, yeah, my, my gut is lean over strictly because of the opportunity and where he landed and the fact that he doesn't have as strong of competition as maybe some of the other teams of, of the guys that we've been talking about today. Yeah, and take a look at the last two seasons for, um, or even, I mean, over the last five seasons where with Tyree Kill was with Kansas City, right? I'll quickly run these numbers off for his receiving yards. 1,183 and 17, 1,479 and 18, uh, 860 in 2019, where he only played 12 games. In the last two seasons, he had 1,200 receiving yards. So those are going to be up for grabs. And you know how how good of a or not good of a, but uh, pal pass happy this offense is uh, with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy there with Patrick Mahomes. But um, it just kind of seems like that it might be a, just a bigger year for Travis Kelsey. And I think that maybe he eats up some of that yardage instead of these other wide receivers here. But Rod, let me kick it to you, man, here. Uh, Sky Moore. Where's the love for Josh Gordon? Like the guy's going to get a <laughs> chance, right? Right. He's still on the roster. He's still on the team. Uh, he he oh. could have a breakout season. Uh, no, just kidding. Look, yeah, you're right. I think Travis Kelsey stands to, to make the best of what uh, is happening around him now. Uh, and you probably see him bump up to that 1200, 1300 range, uh, in, in yardage. But, um, I I'm intrigued by the over because it is at 680. This isn't, we're not asking the 700. Nicole Hartman had 693 last year. Brian Pringle in five games had 568. So I, you know, in five games that he started, uh, so uh, there's there's room to wiggle in this, you know, even Darrell Williams, the running back had 452 yards, which we know they love to throw the running backs. But, you know, you give a guy like uh, um, Sky Moore a chance to catch passes from Mahomes. Maybe he does get instant uh, connection and, and maybe uh, chemistry with him to to get a few more opportunities where Tyreek Hill would have left behind. Because, you know, again, I'm, I'm even Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I don't know. Like, I want to believe that he's going to be a true number one receiver uh, for this team, but I, I don't know that I trust him enough to be that type of, of receiver. So maybe he becomes the 1B to Travis Kelsey's 1A, which still gives uh, a guy like Sky more an opportunity to, to see a few more opportunities. And, of course, we know that they like to pass deep. So all it mm -hmm. takes is a few games where he'll have a couple hundred yards, you know, here and there to, to get this mark. So... I mean, this may be the one where I take over uh, on this one. I may break pattern uh, and take the over. And they're they're both juiced the same way at minus 115. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I think that this might be one of the overs that I actually do like. And again, leaving that, you know, the vo or the availability of up to 1,200 yards, I think that there might be more focus on defenses trying to stop or trying to contain Travis Kelsey opening up the opportunity for other players uh, and receivers on this, on this wide receiving group for the Kansas city uh, chiefs here. But I don't know. I think that, I think this is a, a year where Juju could bounce back again. We, you know, we talk about the injury and things like that, but I think this, there's a chip on his shoulder where he needs to come out and prove something. And now being with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I don't know how many how much stock we want to put into that. He, he actually got over to Kansas city, deleted his TikTok and things like that. But I mean, it is a conversation piece, but I think that this might be a, a year for Juju. And, you know, with this past offense, I think there's a, a world of possibilities here. So I'll leave with the over with you guys as well. Um, let's get over to the last guy on this list here that we're going to talk about today. That's going to be Traylon Burks. Uh, he is going to be out of Arkansas. He was the 16th overall, no, sorry, 18th overall pick over to the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, the news with the Tennessee Titans trading A.J. Brown over to the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, looking for him to kind of take that role of what A.J. Brown did uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Currently seeing uh, Burks's um, receiving yardage total at 869.5 for the Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill under center there. Rod, I'll start with you on uh, Burks here. Um, I think that I think we were talking offline that we may see a more pass happy, uh, sorry, a more run heavy uh, offense with Derrick Henry uh, with the Tennessee Titans. But Burks, he is the highest. He has the highest receiving yards on the guys that we did discuss here. But what are you thinking about Burks here? I mean, this is another under. We're going to go right back to the under. Eight sixty nine is a huge number 
for not only a rookie uh, receiver, but a rookie receiver on a run first team. And you look at what happened last year where A.J. Brown, obviously, yes, he missed some games, but he only had 869 yards. The next uh, receiver in terms of yard was Nick Westbrook-Ikine at 476. Uh, Julio Jones had 434, Chester Rogers 301. I mean, even with Derrick Henry hurt, these guys still tried to run the ball. And and Ryan Tannehill, he wasn't necessarily throwing the ball as much as, as you would have expected him to, even with... Uh, the injury to Henry. He still got 3,734 yards, but he did it in a way where everybody got a pass. Uh, you look at the year before that, A.J. Brown had 1,000 yards. Corey Davis had 984, but the next re- uh, leading receiver was their tight end, Jonu Smith, at 448. You know, even back to 2019, A.J. Brown caught his 1,000 yards, but Corey Smith only had 601 yards. So I don't, I'm not seeing a pattern here that would make me feel comfortable giving a guy, uh, Traylon Burks, even with his talent, uh, 869 yards in this offense, especially this season, losing a guy like AJ Brown uh, in the way that they did. I mean, that was a, a shocking loss of a, yeah. of a star receiver. So you got to think that this this team's going to be reeling a little bit, and and, and they're going to need to find an, an an identity. But I mean, they already have an identity, and that's a run team. But I think they're going to have to solidify that identity this year, and that doesn't leave much room for Traylon Burks to catch 870 yards. Yeah, I like it, man. I'm in agreement with you here. Uh, Dan, obviously your Eagles pick up A.J. Brown from the Titans. They look for Burks to kind of um, fill that void that A.J. Brown leaves here. But um, if you have any thoughts about your team getting A.J. Brown, you want to throw that in there. Also, uh, uh, your handicap for Burks here. Um, yeah, us getting the Eagles getting A.J. Brown is is certainly a game changer for the prospects for Jalen Hurts. I think he has three formidable weapons right now when in Devonte Smith, who we developed rapport with is in year one. And then he's also got Dallas Goddard. Um, I feel really good about having Quez Watkins be the deep threat guy. Um, I just think it makes the Eagles dangerous and we can probably talk about it on another pod another time, but I really like the Eagles win total. That was at eight and a half. It probably went up when they got James Bradbury, but I think that they've just loaded up the right time. Uh, to to potentially give Jalen Hurts a shot here. I know you're not a believer in him. Um, <laughs> maybe in the regular season, but definitely not in the playoffs. But oh no, he was this a cash cow for us. moment for him for sure. He was Jalen Hurts was a cash cow for his last season. You were quick he was to pull it he out was prop cast. We love him. Yeah, prop cast. We love him. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a big year real, for him. real football. Uh, we'll we'll see. see. But AJ Brown <laughs> will certainly help that. Certainly help it. Um, but yeah, back to Traylon Burks though. Um, I see a little bit, I see some optimism here and it's really because I'm trying to really navigate what's going on in Tennessee and, you know, losing Derrick Henry last year was huge for them. I don't think that they were expecting to have to rely on Ryan Tannehill to do anything more than what he always does. You know, his season in 2020 was surprise everyone, right? Like he actually looked like a very good, you know, top 10 quarterback, Mm -hmm. whereas he definitely regressed in 2021. Um, but if they have a healthy Derrick Henry and they can get back to what they were doing, I do think that there's some opportunity for Traylon Burks, mainly because, you know, 153 targets are being vacated with AJ Brown being out of there along with Julio Jones. Um, but I think Rod brought up a good point with it's very, it's, it's very unnerving that Akine was their second leading receiver last season. Um, they did get Robert Woods, but he's coming off an ACL injury. So he's, I mean, well before he even got to Tennessee, he had injury problems, you know, his times dating back to Buffalo. So I don't know that we can totally rely on him. I'm just concerned that there's not a lot of weapons here. And I would price shop for this. I've seen his number as low as 825. And as, you know, on DK, it's or on, on one of the books, it's 869 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I would take the under on 869 and a half. That's just too rich. And it's funny that they, they listed at 869, considering that that was what, AJ Brown did last year in 13 games, but I'd be a little bit worried about Ryan Tannehill here. He's already saying he's not going to mentor Malik Willis. Who knows if he even has any time. I mean, I don't know. I think that the fact that you drafted Malik Willis says that your, your time is running out, bruh. So yeah. you got to get it together, um, which could either light a fire or he could buckle under pressure. So um, on a positive side, you know, I think Burks for a reason has the highest receiving yard total out of all the rookie class thus far. He is second. He had the second best explosive target rate in the 2022 draft class at 27% per PFF, which I think would indicate really well in a play action fake, a play action heavy offense. Um, He could definitely get some big plays and that's really what AJ Brown did for them. So I think the books are really just sliding him that he's AJ Brown 2.0. 
Not sure that I totally believe it. I definitely don't believe it at 869 and a half, though. Yeah, I think this number is a little too rich for me as well. Um, at 700, I can see it, even 750. But I think when, you, when you're getting past 800 here, I think that's a big number. Again, we talked about all the guys that we did today here, and, and he has the biggest number or um, the largest number here of, of the seven guys that we did, did discuss um, of all these rookie quarterbacks. And I think that his situation doesn't really – make me a believer that he'll get over this number here of 869 and a half for the Tennessee Titans offense. Um, so those are seven guys we did discuss here. Uh, we'll give out some best bets here as well. A uh, lot of unders that we did like here. So I'm guessing it's going to be an under train. And I think that's really the right way to kind of really attack these, uh, the player props, especially when we're talking about season long player props, because there's just so many things that can happen uh, with injuries and things like that. I think the one, I, I, I always reference this when I'm talking to friends offline or even on pods is I took the under on Ryan Fitzpatrick last year uh, with his passing yards. And I think he only ended up with like four passing yards. Or I don't know. It was something outrageous. So he got injured and his season was derailed, but let's do best bets here, guys. Um, I'll Rod, I'll start with you, my man. Uh, best bet of the seven guys that we discussed. What's your best bet here? I, I just think the last one that we gave out is the best one. Cause again, it is the highest total. Uh, and it is probably the easiest one to cash. And like my buddy Cody says on the NASCAR gambling podcast, you only pay the juice if you lose. So, uh, you know, the, the, I think the price is right for an under there. And if you want to, pro- I mean, look, if you want to win a bet, then you might as well win a bet, right? I mean, it yeah. doesn't matter how much you pay for it. If you're going to win it, uh, you're going to win some money. So I, I think we just laid out exactly why trail on Burke should go over the, under this number. Uh, so I, I don't think you should get too cute. Don't outthink yourself and just win yourself some money. Yep. Dan, best bet uh, with the guys that we did discuss here. Yeah. My best bet's Jahan Dotson under seven Oh nine and a half. And we, we, we said it best. It's Carson Wentz. Take yep. the under. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be my best bet too. I'm going to co-sign that with you, man. John Dotson. I think and for all the reasons that we did lay out, right. We talked about the other positions on this team with, you know, you still have scary Terry as your number one guy. We talked about Logan Thomas. So we even, you know, we mentioned his name, but we've been talking about how he's, he, he's probably a top five tight end, at least from fantasy perspective, Rod, you could you know, correct me if I'm wrong on that. When um, yeah. And you still have the other guys that are depth. And I think that, you know, when you have Carson Wentz there, it just, it, it just doesn't make sense to me why this number is even at uh, 710 for him to get this. So, um, and also Dan, you talked about, he, he drops balls as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. You know, it's just not there for him. So uh, double best bet for me there. But I think I think at six out of seven that we did talk about, I think we're all leaning towards the under here on this. And I think that's really the way to attack uh, these uh, player props here, uh, especially for rookies. Um, that's it, guys. Uh, we kind of went through that fairly quickly, but uh, I think that was some great conversation and great handicapping as well. Uh, again, we'll be here throughout the off season, discussing more and more player props and awards markets and things like that. But uh, Dan, I'm going to get to you, man. Anything else you want to get off your chest here before we get out of here and let the people know where they can find you, my man. Yeah. Make sure you check out the NBA gambling podcast. We are on and rolling every day, uh, handicapping the Eastern conference and Western conference finals. Uh, McKee and I will be, will be on tomorrow. So make sure you check out our bets for Friday night's contest, as well as uh, Saturday's, um, game which would be game three, I believe. Yep. So, um, yeah, and continue to support the prop cast, uh, Rod and, and Munaf. I mean, Munaf does freaking everything when I think Rod's <laughs> quickly catching up to him and doing the most pods on this SGPN network. So, continue to support the fam. Uh, really excited to meet the crew, the NBA betting crew, um, in Vegas next week. So, uh, follow me on Twitter at Dan Titus, and uh, yeah, definitely more season long props coming your way. 100%. Rod. Uh, kick it to you, my man. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Uh, make sure you check out the Fantasy Football Pod Tuesdays and Thursdays. And now Wednesdays, we got Terrell and Scott holding it down now on Wednesdays for the uh, SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. So props to them for throwing a Wednesday show out there. Make sure you check out their good stuff. Uh, USFL Tuesdays, and of course, we're breaking down some divisions on Thursdays for your fantasy football purposes. Uh, All-Star Weekend in NASCAR. Make sure you check out Cody and my NASCAR po- uh, Gambling Podcast. And and very, very soon, the CFL Gambling Podcast dropping on the network. So uh, lots of stuff going on. Of course, make sure to just check it all out at RJ Gomez. That's where you can find uh, where I post it. There we go, man. Again, so much happening on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network to make your life easy. 
Download the SGPN app. Just go to your app store, Google Play Store. Download the app. Uh, you'll have everything that we cover. If it has odds, we're pretty much covering it. So again, guys are putting in a lot of work. They're putting in a lot of prep time and hours to get these pods out to you guys. So make sure to uh, support us. Leave us a rating and review. Hopefully it's a good one. Um, but leave us a five-star rating and review for all the pods that are happening on the SGPN networks. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. We will be back next week in some form or fashion uh, to discuss some more NFL props here. Uh, like I said, we'll be here all throughout the season. Good luck with your bets for the rest of the rest of this week and into the weekend. Let's break these books off and let it ride.